0: Hello there, welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer podcast. Today, we will be discussing communication strategies for SMBs and startups with Becky Winkle. Becky is a learning content and research developer at PCMA, the world's largest network of business event strategists, as well as a freelance writer in PR, social media, and content consultant previously becky was manager of strategic programming at reagan communications and before that was the editor of reagan's pr daily one of the largest publications for pr and communications professionals let's hear it from becky
1: i wanted to bring some special person who can talk about communication right so it's 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 very difficult to for people to take an hour out of their time and come on the show so i asked around several people and one of them my favorite one of my favorite people was so graceful to come on the show so let me introduce her before i bring her on she is none other than becky winchell she is a learning content and research developer at tcma the world's largest network of business event strategists. she is a freelance writer and pr social media and content consultant Previously, she was manager of strategic programming at Reagan Communications. And before that, editor of Reagan's PR Daily, one of the largest publications for PR and communications pro. By now, you, you can figure it out. She is a pro when it comes to communications, public relations, and all those things. Becky is the co-host of the Becoming Allies and Midnight Showing podcast, a social media audience trends and pop culture nerd, and the spokesperson for our Bassathon Sir, Tibbles, Waddlesworth. So this is one another hidden reason why I invited her because I'm a huge fan of Tibbles. Tibbles is, if you're not following Tibbles on social media, you're missing out a big deal. So go check Tibbles out. She's an expert living in Sweden with a Wisconsin accent and love for the Green Bay Packers, Disney, Harry Potter, and parks and recreation. So without further ado, let me bring her on. Hey, Vicky. Can you hear me?
2: I can. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to check it because last week was a total, total embarrassment for me, and you know, so it was, it was, it was really embarrassing, really, really embarrassing. So thank you so much for taking time and joining me today. I'm so happy to finally see you in person, uh, and uh, ha- have the session with you. How are you doing?
2: I'm great. How are you? It's. I could say the same about you. It's. It's great to see you and finally have a conversation with you.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. How, before we proceed, I have two questions. How is Dennis and how is Tib, How is Tibbs?
2: Uh, they're both doing well. I mean, it's Friday, so I feel not much can go wrong on a Friday. I say as as people are starting their Friday, so I hope I didn't jinx anyone. Uh, they're, they're currently on a walk right now. We might see them walk in a little bit later, uh, uh, but they'll be back in a little bit and uh, it's, it's good.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So Vicky, you know, just to give a background, I started this show when COVID hit all of us. So the purpose of this show is to bring on people like you who have immense amount of experience in your particular area. Ask your questions about your journey, some insights about that field of study or work and get some insights for people who are watching. It, It goes on my YouTube channel later so that people can get insights later as well. So I have curated a set of 10 to 11 questions for you on communications and PR, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're ready, we can start.
2: Definitely. I want to say one thing before you start, though. Sure. I don't think you should be embarrassed for any technical difficulties. I'm a big fan of of saying tech is great until it doesn't work. And I also just want to pan down. My shirt says you're on mute which feels very appropriate for this, for this day and age. So right. I'm with you, every, every I think, day everybody has those problems, right?
1: I, I think I should get the t-shirt, you know, because one of my team member, I have a very small team. He is always on mute and he keeps talking. It's so funny to watch, you know, I, I let him speak for two minutes. Then I'll say, Danish, Danish, you're on mute. So he's like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's so funny. It's so funny. I should get the t-shirt actually. Thank it you so much. The
2: Most common phrase.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You're on mute. For last one year, we have been telling the same thing again and again. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's jump into communications, right? So communications and PR is your forte. You have been doing it for several years and you're pretty successful in that. So first question is, communications is probably the most critical piece for every small and medium business startup today. You know, Why do you think, can you share your thoughts why communications hold a special place today?
2: Yeah. So I want to start. I looked up uh, the definition. This is I always feel this is like the bad sign of a talk, but I promise it's not going to be like one of those. (laughs) I looked up the etymology of this word, even though I love I'm a word nerd. Uh, But the Public Relations Society of America defines PR because this is important as the strategic communication process that builds mutually beneficial relationships between organizations and their publics. And I feel like that, I wanted to share that because it's such a great, you know, summation in a few words of what PR is, but also communications. And and that's just one part, right? Public relations is only one part of of the whole strategic communications umbrella. So, I mean, there's there's executive, there's internal, employee, media relations, employer branding, storytelling, crisis comms, all of this. And especially, too, with... With social media and content, the lines between marketing and communications are getting blurred. And so depending, you know, companies all over across industries, they might have different setups and they might have, you know, their social media or their digital teams or overall content teams under communications or sometimes liaison, like partnering with them. And sometimes you'll have communications partnering with HR, with DE&I, no matter what the process is and and the organization structure, basically the communicator within your workplace and your business is the center of your business because the, that person connects with every other person. The communicator is the one who is supposed to really see how this initiative fits across teams. And they're right. kind of the bridge and the connector above all. And so that's really like, they, they take the goals and the vision of the company and then they look at like, okay, is that matching what, how we're presenting ourselves? Both to our employees and both externally. So I think if you right. like picture the communicator as the great connector, that's, right. that's a good way of, of, uh,
1: of looking at it. Right, right. Absolutely. Because, <laughs> you know, one of the saddest truths about communication part is when, when people talk about PR, it ends at press releases. People think PR press releases is PR. That's the saddest part. But there is a lot which goes into communication, corporate communications, PR, all those things. A lot of things happen on the backstage. People don't know really the value of a communication department in any organization for that matter. So, that answer sums it up correctly. All right. So, another thing I wanted to ask is communication can take various forms and shapes, you know, be it external or internal. So, let's talk about internal. How important is internal communication?
2: And I I love that because I just, you know, just as you just said that PR isn't just press releases, like that's just one little thing that comes out of PR, right? Like one of very many things. It's the same is true of internal communications, right? Like the intranet or, you know, the the employee newsletter is just one little tiny thing that comes out of internal communications. And What I love, too, is with everything that's been happening over the past almost two years and the future of work and, and it dramatically shifting like we're we're talking about you know, seismic changes within the workplace that now we're looking towards an entirely new future and, and current, you know, the, the right. you know the current landscape is now this hybrid. We've proven that remote work works, that we can now communicate much better, um, you know, with some people inside of the office, some people outside of the office, with everybody remote, all of this stuff. But with right. all of this happening, internal communicators are now in the spotlight because Things like culture and in the employee experience and diversity, equity, and inclusion, and even executive communications, all of that, and talent recruitment as people start struggling because we're talking about like a huge talent migration, right? People are leaving right. their jobs. They're finding new jobs. They're they're like re-situating uh, their priorities. And with all of that, the internal communicator is, is really like coming into the spotlight. They've always been important but i think right. they've always been relegated to the background right. and th- there's a couple of things that i like i like to say first of all like with training and and procedures and collaboration which is a huge part right even for like startups and for small businesses right when you're getting people to collaborate especially across maybe time zones and you know places that's not your IT person's job. That's the internal communicator's job to set everybody up, to onboard, to be able to set those processes, to set kind of that solid, to, to work with IT, to get that going and to communicate properly. And the right. other major thing, too, is that the as especially as we struggle ourselves with like mental health and wellness, as we struggle with like being burned out managers uh, on, on, on a whole or for startups, like, you know, it's the owner, the founder, right? The CEO, it's hard to talk to employees about these, about these things and internal communications and employee experience people can help us have those difficult, but very necessary conversations.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The pandemic has showed us that how important communications is, uh, internal employee experience teams, employee relations teams, all that they have. Uh, the, the, the light, the spotlight suddenly came on to them. You know, they were always doing the work, but suddenly everybody realized they do much more than what you know. Right. So that's 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 one of the good things which came up. Right. Yeah. Moving on, uh, you know, building a communication strategy. It's, it's of paramount importance for every organization. Why there should be a communication strategy? Why is it super critical to start
2: I would say that building a communication strategy is just as important as building a business strategy. You don't want to start your business without, you know, a business canvas without, you know, like making sure that you have a strategy with, with outline goals and objectives with, you know, your, your consumer personas, your, you know, your vision, your mission, all of that sort of stuff. And a plan to market, a plan to, you know, redefine your value, all of that sort of stuff. And in the same way, You want to do your strategic communications plan um, just like that, because it's going to tie your your overall comps, whether that's your marketing, your advertising, your your PR, right, your social media, everything. It's going to tie it to your business goals and your objective. So it, it what it does when you have a strategic communications plan is it makes sure that whatever you're doing to promote or build those relationships and like partner with people are aligned with what you're doing in the business because right. everything should be leading to the bottom line at the end right whether right. that is like this bottom line like the money bottom line or the bottom line of your purpose right? right and so it's kind of like having a schematic blueprint right for a house and i envision you know that business plan and then right on top of it that that strategic communication plan is like the foundation and when you don't have it, that's when you start having these kind of crazy like one off, like we're going to send a press release. Well, why? You know, <laughs> or we're going to spend all this money, you know, on this influencer doing X, Y and Z. But we don't see results. So right. a strategic communications plan can help make sure you're not wasting money and can help really help you power what you're creating from a business sense as well.
1: Right. right. I love that when you said that it's as important as a business plan business strategy plan that's very nice right so you know um if 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 an smb or or startup wants to build a cohesive communication strategy what are the some of the starting points or what are the ideal baby steps you recommend because you would have prepared so many strategies in your career what are the basic steps which these companies need to take care of
2: so i would say First, there's, there's the kind of the model that starts, you know, similar to Business Canvas, where you start, you know, with your goal, and again, you connect it to your your business and its bottom line. So if they're not aligned, you're already in trouble. So you set a goal that makes sense according to the business, then you kind of break it down into some measurable objectives, those kind of smart, right? The right. specific, measurable, you know, time-sensitive, those kind of realistic goals and objectives. like you know, we're going to increase sales by X amount of percent, you know, within six months, or we're going to get this much website traffic or this many business leads through doing this strategy. And then what you want to do is you select the people that are going to help fulfill those objectives. And those are in the PR world, what we call your target publics Um, marketing. It would be like your target customer, right? Right, Like who you want to target your messages to. And then you build out your messages and your strategies and tactics. And and that is where the press the press release doesn't even come down if you're gonna do it until way down at the end. Like when you're thinking of tactics and channels or like a right. Facebook post, right? That comes down at the end. The only other thing I would say is that if you're a small to medium sized business owner or startup owner, and you have already created customer personas, if you have that, that's another way of looking at it. And it's equally great. Where if then you want to look at that persona, those personas, I should say, and you really want to drill down into what their specific needs are, you kind of look at it in two different ways. What are they asking for? And then kind of that Apple type approach of what do they need that they're not asking for, right? And so right. You, you look at both of those and you start to then build your goals and your objectives and everything based on that. So it's either an audience first or a goals and objectives first and find the audience to meet them. But either right. way, all that fun stuff doesn't happen until you set kind of that foundation and that right. outline. And then you get to do all the fun stuff of where do we reach them? Um, how do we, how, like what messages do they care about? That kind of stuff.
1: Right, right. It sounds more work than preparing a marketing strategy, actually. <laughs> I was not even aware of that. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank God I'm not a PR person. <laughs> all right. So, you know, talking about, PR, you know, PR is an important piece of the communication puzzle for every organization. Can you share your top three advice on how to earn PR for your SMBs and startups? Why I ask earn is because when you start up or when you are a a small and medium business, you may not have all the money to go out and publish in Forbes.com or Entrepreneur.com. So, how can you earn PR? What are your top three advice?
2: Yeah, so. Before I jump in, so I have like three like kind of like quick tips, but also I would I would uh, advise everybody listening to check out the peso model. So that's what we use in PR. It's P E S O. So it okay. stands for. Paid. That's what you're. You were just talking about, right? Going to be Forbes or Inc. Yeah. Um. There's the the E is the earned. That's what we're going to talk about in a second.
0: Um, right. Then
2: there's the um. There is the sponsored, which is a little bit different. Um. Then there's the um. Then there is going to be. Well, actually, the sponsored is more of like the Forbes. Paid is more of like this is an advertisement. You know, this is right, like right. really what we have. It's a little bit of. There's a little bit of Venn diagram crossover there. And then right. earned. And that ties into my first point. My first tip is to embrace what we call in the PR world as brand journalism. That could be sponsored content. That could be owned content. Ultimately, it should be your own because – what you're creating and repurposing. I think it's crucial if you're going to create something. So for example, this, if it's a, you know, if it's a webinar or, you know, an, a live stream or a video or an interview, um thinking about ways that you could chop it up. Maybe you can make an infographic, you know, of the of this, like the top three ways to get, you know, right. PR for your business or you know, getting uh, the transcript down and creating like little video clips, all those different things because then you can work smarter and not harder. But the big thing that you have to do is tell your own story and find ways to do that on your your website, perhaps through a blog, on your own social media so that you can start there and you don't have to just keep going after journalists so you can build your own presence. The second is to collaborate and partner with others. And that could include... know if you have a a somewhat larger and kind of rocking and rolling where you have some departments or some you know people within your startup you can partner with them to you know kind of align on some uh on some projects you know to get that pr going as well but also fulfill what they're looking for or other organizations and industries um that helps you be able to innovate solutions but then, especially now, as COVID continues, that partnership, re, like sharing resources, sharing perhaps even promotions and stuff like that, is hugely powerful. And the wonderful thing is, startups can use it, but also it can be used to revitalize brands. Right. You look at, like, Crocs, right? And Crocs yeah. were, like, it was, it was really big, like, in the early 2000s, and then it was, like, oh, nobody wants to wear those. <laughs> and they have experienced this whole kind of, like, brand renaissance why because they partner with people and they have these collabs right mcdonald's is doing it right now with their meals and they're partnering with influencers to have you know like this like i'm gonna date myself right now because i don't know hardly any of them they're like this tiktok star like has you know this special meal at mcdonald's let's be honest it's the same meal that you can order (laughs) off the menu but they've done that kind of partnership to revitalize that and to get people interested and right. then that falls into the third is make a splash, right? And right. I, and you don't want to make a splash of like being too annoying, but you want to do something out of the ordinary, right? Take a little bit of a risk, but you want to be real. So I know that like everybody looks at Wendy's as like the gold standard on social media. And right. years ago, they kind of perfected the art of being snarky and standing out and grabbing attention. And right. I think now you look at somebody like Stakeum, right? And you look at Allen Bot Communication, who runs, you know, the Stakeum account and a lot of other um, food and restaurant brands, and and their ability to kind of break through and seize those little opportunities and also surprise people. I think when you know when Nathan Allenbach started tweeting, you know, all about misinformation under the Stakem account, everybody was like, what? What is happening? And here it's gotten this huge amount of press and this huge amount of like footprint and brand exposure for a frozen meat product that sits in your grocery store that not so many people knew about before, but now they're noticing when they go through the grocery aisle. So the element of surprises is is big. Right,
1: right. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Another thing which I want to talk about um, PR is, you know, uh when it comes to pr getting the attention of the right journalist or the media outlet is critical you know we all do our pitches and all that uh, but most of them goes to you know their spam or whatever it is what are your thoughts on how SME owners or startup founders get the attention of the right journalist or the right media outlet what can they do
2: definitely so the first thing i would say is like the understanding that it's not about you. It's never about you. And that's a hard and tough pill to swallow, but it's not about you. And so once you can get that understood, then I think there's already a better chance of, of like having success because journalists don't care about <laughs> about that. They care about what their readers are going to care about, right? What's going right. to get their readers to click? Especially now you have to think newsrooms are getting smaller and smaller and everybody is is fighting for revenue, they're fighting for clicks. There's all this content that's free and newsrooms and newspapers, digital or print are struggling to survive. I mean, right. print's all but dead. So like digital is even struggling to survive. So they don't care about you. They care about what's in it for them, which is, which is the other, the other thing, tell them what's in it for them immediately. Like this is, you don't have to do a long pitch. You don't have to do, you know, paragraphs of an email. I'm very verbose. And so, you know, that's, not something you want to do in a pitch to somebody. You want to be like, like almost like an elevator pitch, right? right you know, right. a startup, you wouldn't, you wouldn't pitch to a venture capitalist in half an hour. You would do it in like 10 minutes or five minutes, right? Or right. two minutes, that like elevator pitch. And you want to get that down in the same way for a journalist. And that's not saying something like, oh, your readers are going to want to hear about this or your readers love it. Don't say that show it to them, show it to them by like giving them a juicy story or giving them this like really cool data point and then seeing like this whole new angle on something that they've written. And that falls into the other two, which is one do your research and two, build relationships. And that goes along with PR, right? So build relationships is all about, you know, the, the good PR and media relations pros are building relationships with journalists, long lasting relationships. In which you're reaching out long before you even ask them for anything. And you're right. really you're starting to read what they write, you understand their publication, you understand what beat they have in the publication, right. you you retweet their stories, you know what 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 trends have been hit and what hasn't been hit yet, so you can propose a new story. And because everybody loves a scoop. And then secondly with that is do your research. So you have to find the right outlet find the right journalist. Right. And there's a lot, even on Twitter, most publications broadcast or, you know, print, print like digital. So for example, CNN, the New York times, um, you know, the verge, everything like that will often have Twitter lists of their staff. And and a lot of them will have the journalist right on there. Right. Or or the broadcasters or the correspondents. And, and within those, a lot of times within their Twitter bios, they'll have, you know, if they have a signal, they have WhatsApp, if they prefer to be DM'd, if their DMs are open, if they want an email, um, what they're looking for, that's all there. And if you right. do your research, you can find it. And so when you start to, you know, go to them in the ways that they want to be reached and give them the stuff that they're asking for, that's when the magic happens.
1: Right, right. Actually, when you mentioned that, when, when, the research part is very critical here. If the information is out there, what you have to really do your research to find out the right journalist, the right publication, the right stories, where your brand story can fit in, all that takes time. So you have to spend time there. That's a very fantastic uh, answer. So one of the reasons I wanted to ask you to be on this show is because I recently read uh, your i was i was on your twitter timeline i was reading what you're talking about and one thing which caught my attention was purpose-driven communications you've been talking about it for a while so i wanted to you're a big proponent of that so i wanted to understand what does that even mean number one and number two why is it so important
2: yeah definitely so purpose-driven communications are are huge they're they're the communications and the strategies um, that power your organization to also make the world a better place. And that sounds a little like kumbaya, but it's (laughs) very important right now. And so it can happen in a variety of ways. It can be, you know, sustainability. um, If that's, you know, fighting climate change, building sustainable solutions, it's taking a stand for things that matter. And when I say things that matter, like social justice, Racial equity, speaking out against the systems that exclude, um, and even laws that aren't inclusive and can damage society as a whole. So you look at brands like Ben and Jerry's, you know, standing out in the days after you know the murder of George Floyd and standing against white supremacy. You look at um, companies like Nike and you know P and G and making those big stands. Mattel making a lot of those stands. Um, you know, companies now that are starting to stand. And even CEOs speaking out against, you know, the recent um, the recent regulations uh, passed in in Texas that are being right. repealed, and you know that's sparking a hot debate. All right. of that. It also includes helping to dismantle the systemic racism and bigotry that is abundant, you know, especially in the U.S. but throughout the world through. Right. Meaningful diversity, equity, and inclusion commitments. And so, one of the things with that is, um, I would recommend listening to Janet Stovall. She's uh, she shares a lot of fantastic information on LinkedIn. She also has a, a really wonderful TED Talk um, uh, that I think is called the business case for uh, for uh, for diversity and inclusion. And in 2018, she said that ethically diverse companies perform 33% better than the norm. And Forbes best workplaces for diversity have a 24% higher revenue group. And that was in 2018. So I can just tell you that the numbers have completely exploded since then. And it's, I mean, that is an old number. It's like compounded exponentially. So the other thing too is uh, Edelman has a wonderful uh, trust barometer that they do every year, and they sometimes will do special reports as well. They did a lot during 2020. And in their 2021 trust barometer, they revealed that for the first time ever in history, businesses now have become the only trusted institution. They are now seen by consumers as more uh, competent and ethical than government organizations, media outlets, and non-government organizations, so NGOs. Um, So 86% of customers expect CEOs to publicly speak out on societal issues or community issues and and, and ways that the COVID-19 impact is is affecting us. And 68% think CEOs should step in when the government doesn't. And so... Really, what's happening is what used to be a risk is now seen as a reward. And and in the PR world, it used to be a risk of, you know, stay silent, stay in your lane. Businesses don't want to talk about this. And it's completely flipped. Like it, it was growing over the past several years. But I can just tell you now that in 2021 and we're facing 2022, it is now a detriment if you don't speak out. And the wonderful thing is I was thinking about this in a startup mind. And I, I went back. So I was like, I remember a talk by Guy Kawasaki. And I was like, I feel like that was a really long time ago. And I looked and it was a 2000, or yeah 20, 2004, my gosh, I can't even say dates anymore. 2004 <laughs> presentation that Guy Kawasaki did at Stanford University. And he was talking about the core of entrepreneurship, right? Like the core startup mentality. And this is what he said. He said, My naive and romantic belief is that if you make meaning, you will probably make money. But if you set out to make money, you will probably not make meaning and you won't make money. This was in 2004. And I can tell you that that belief is not naive and it is not just romantic. It is now a reality. and, And like making meaning is now tied intrinsically and it will be forever tied to making money. And that's why it's so important.
1: Right, right. I love Guy Kawasaki to by every hair on my body, or every 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 cell of my body. And he's one of my uh, one of my wish list guests on the show. One day he should Mm -hmm. come on the show. That's that's that's. I have put my my affirmations in into the universe. Let the universe do it. (laughs) So I'm in that way.
2: <laughs> Your yeah, steps that's my... are leading up to Guy Kawasaki. I like yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. That's a good goal.
1: <laughs> he's he's he's, uh, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. I I I, I have watched that uh, uh, that talk of his. It's a very simple, very old video, and uh, the way he's he has spoken as every speech of his, it's it's amazing. Right. Yeah. So let's uh, one another question on this purpose driven communication. You know, uh, Mark Schaefer came on the show. And he was mentioning the same point about brands taking a stand. He mentioned one interesting point, uh, which I was watching last week, is that it's not for everybody. You know, because these days brands are taking it as a marketing gimmick to take up causes, to stand behind and make some, uh, get some mileage out of it. So I want to pick your brain on this. How can SMEs and startups adopt purpose-driven communication approach? What is your advice on that?
2: I definitely, I... I agree with with Mark that it it isn't for everybody in the sense of you what you want to avoid is like that virtue signaling, right? right. And and like what really cut me is seeing especially you know in 2020 and and then this year is seeing um, members of the Black community especially respond to brands that have done things you know like they put their black box up and they were like here are our hashtags and our messages and we're gonna do better and then nothing really happened and they didn't show any receipts. And the big thing that I kept hearing, especially on Twitter, is, you know, I don't need your black box and I don't need your statement and I don't need like a day. What I need is a job and what I need is the ability to go to the executive level and what I need is more opportunities to thrive. And so I agree with him in the sense of like, it's not for everybody. Like, don't just go out there and be like woo! Like, we're <laughs> all about purpose, especially if you need to get your own house in order, right? right like, it right. would look really awkward right now um, and, I, and I say that like, awkward in the, is the probably the best of words that I could subscribe to this. If the Boy Scouts of America started spitting out messages like that because we all know that their house is not in order. and so right. if they they need to fix the problems within the organization and what they're doing, and a lot of companies are like that, right And so right. people are now demanding to see receipts, both employees and consumers and and by receipts, I mean, well what does your executive board look like? What does your board of directors look like? you know for startups, are you hiring and how Um, for like I'm in the business events industry so for us what what a what a big thing or or the receipt is um, are how many speakers are you having from different backgrounds and different experiences and also are those speakers of different backgrounds and experiences are the diverse speakers only talking about diversity because that's not only what they talk about of course we have I mean I'm talking to you the thrifty marketer, right? We have people, you know, across everywhere that have very specific, you know, sets of skills and knowledge and expertise. And we need to do the work that kind of goes back to the the journalists, right? Of doing the research to find those people and elevate them and give them the opportunities. And so... What I would say is, especially in line with Mark, don't worry more about the like communications, those press releases, what you're going to stay on social media. I think the biggest thing for startups and small to medium businesses is to start to make real commitments. That starts within your organization. So what right. am I going to do for hiring? Like, make a commitment that makes you stretch but is obtainable. You want to be challenged, you want to be uncomfortable, but not like outlandishly so that you're never gonna hit it because you wanna remain accountable. And if you don't right. hit that goal, I mean, there's some companies right now that are tying executive bonuses and salaries to whether or not they hit those hiring goals, but also too um, in the supply chain, you know, who you're getting your materials from, all of that can be challenges and commitments that you're making. And then once you get that started, you can then kind of share that out as a whole or what you're doing to help the community. The, the other is, like I said, remaining remaining accountable. You want to be transparent. You want to get... And not like beating your chest of like, hey, we've done all this, but more <laughs> just like, hey, we said we were going to do this. Here's an update. We've done this. So now we're going to increase it by this much. You know, now we're going to do this. And then the, the last thing I would say is get comfortable with being uncomfortable because this whole thing is incredibly uncomfortable to deal with. It is... I mean, I think anybody who has somewhat of a conscious is going to feel uncomfortable sitting in a room, talking to people who have been given the short end of the stick their whole lives and hearing about, you know, these problems. And it's also hard to acknowledge areas that you've fallen short, but we're people and we need to do that. And that's the only way, the only way like through it or the only way past it is through it. Right. And so that's the big thing here. So I I completely agree with him. I think the big thing is to like start within and like really start to look at like ways you can, like guy kawasaki said i'll bring up i'll bring up your your like your goal there you know you (laughs) want to make sure you're making purpose along with making money or making meaning with making money
1: right right i think that's that's the most complete answer anybody can give on that particular topic that's the way to go about it all right so my questions about communications is over so i have two more questions one is about you and one is serious advice I need from you for all the communication professionals who are starting the journey. So the question number one is you have immense experience in PR, social media, content, etc. etc. So just take us through your exciting professional journey, what all you have done. You have done so much, you know. So if you can say it in a few words, few sentences, that would be fantastic.
2: Yeah. So I graduated in PR and I joke that. Usually journalists go to what we call the dark side because PR has more money and more opportunities. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs, but I don't make the rules, I just live in them. Uh, but I actually went the other way. So I graduated in PR, but had a love for journalism and also social media. So I started you know, branching out and just researching by myself, doing social media and content creation. So I worked for a bunch of organizations from startups to Fortune 500 companies, um, working within their communications and social media, as well as, you know, like a boutique PR agency. And then I moved to, like you said, Reagan. Um, So I was editor for PR Daily for a while. um, And a while meaning many years. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And and then I I went over to start producing events there. And now I'm at, you know, and now I'm at uh, an association for you know, uh, professional uh, business events here, we <laughs> the 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 uh, largest association here, and so in my role now, I develop educational content. So in both um, our event programming and our courses and and content like that um, for members of the business events industry. So that's I mean across industries. So it's it's yeah. great. It's uh, great to be challenged. Um, I know you mentioned podcasts before. My podcasts yep. are on a temporary hiatus, especially as I, you know, continue to settle into my new role. And uh, personally, we're we're finally at the place where, um, you know, my husband and I have uh, have lived through the pandemic in a one-bedroom apartment, and we are ready to move into a house. And so uh, there's a there's a lot. So I just I think I want to just I want to just say too that uh, to anybody listening, um, if if you are also kind of like feeling burned out. And, like, this whole dumpster fire of, a uh, you know, continuing <laughs> two years is a lot. It's totally okay. You don't need me to tell you that, but I just want to be another voice that says it's okay because I think we've all been there or are currently there. And that's right. that's where I'm in right now. So I'm just kind right. of, you know, saying it's okay to not do everything I want to do or everything on my list. And eventually, you know, we get to the Guy Kawasaki level. Right? <laughs> it might take a little bit longer.
1: Right, right. I don't know what, but what a, what an exciting professional journey of yours, you know, working across spectrums, various from startups to Fortune 500, running PR daily. That's amazing, it's so so inspiring, actually. All right, so, Mike, one last question before I ask my single question, which I ask every guest that's my last question before I leave you for the day. Uh, my question is since you are here, I have to ask this, what does it take? to be a good communications and PR professional?
2: So I think the biggest thing that can help make you the best and like most powerful PR and communications pro is business acumen. And that's gonna be really attractive, you know, to startup uh, founders and, you know, small, medium business owners. So it's really the goal What you should aim for is not to be a communicator that knows a little about business, but rather a business professional who intimately knows how to communicate. Because if you're a business professional that intimately knows how to communicate, that will open doors and give you a very rich set of skills to do a lot more both for your organization, but also your customers, your clients and the community as a whole. And that's the big thing. I think in the past it was fragmented, um, where, you know, there it was all about like, and I still kind of have that, like, how do you get a seat at the table? And now it's like we're past that. You need to know business so that when you talk, you know, in a bigger organization, it's you know, when you present to your boss or the CEO or the C-suite, but even too, if you're in a startup, you need to know both the business acumen and also how to communicate and build those relationships. So if you have both of those and also if you have a healthy love of insights and data, that's Nothing like, like Mwah. It. you're gonna
1: go <laughs> <far there. laughs> fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. So, you know, my final question, which I ask every guest who comes here, is about COVID, right? So, since I know you, I, I don't know, I feel like I know you really well because I follow you on every social media channel possible, uh, except TikTok, I guess. Are you on TikTok? Yes, you are on TikTok, but it's banned in India, so
2: uh, and I'm only on there a little, <laughs> it's only a little.
1: Right. <laughs> so you and Dennis both have I the, one of the best marriage photos I have ever seen is yours. Okay. I love that. I've, I've commented on it hundred times, I believe, because I have this, it keeps on coming on my feed. I keep rating the best photo ever, the best photo ever, you know. So that is one thing. So I know you, you have Dennis, you have Tibbs. So how has COVID-19 been and how is 2021 going so far?
2: yeah so i I also just want to say i got sunburned so badly during that photo session (laughs) oh man so badly it it came out so well
1: it's it's so beautiful
2: We had, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I I, (laughs) I noticed that you, Facebook must be reserving that to you because you comment on it. Every so often I see it and it just makes my heart so happy. And you have such cute pictures with, (laughs) with your family. And now you have a new golden and it's like, Oh, I feel the same. I could reciprocate and say the same thing. Uh, I we were lucky with that to have um, so one of our friends is a very gifted photographer here in Sweden um, right. and he gave those pictures to us as gifts so we are very lucky. Wow. Um, but uh, COVID so uh, COVID has been it's been it's been an interesting <laughs> time. Uh, 2021 is going pretty well. I mean I I'll share something with you that I shared with somebody else when we talked about this and I think for me. And I I feel, too, that other people might also be experiencing this. For me, the tough part of COVID, as well as, like, you know, this whole, like, I don't know how to put, like, a broad, you know, it's not just, like, the Black Lives Matter movement, but, like, the whole kind of, like, boiling up of, like, Mm. you know, the the recognition that, like, maybe we should maybe do something about this systemic racism that's been going on for, like, several centuries and, you know, whatnot. Um, All of that coming to a head at once um, has been a lot. And I think we've all kind of collectively in, in a variety of ways and to varying degrees have kind of lived through trauma with it. My biggest thing that kind of weighs on me is is more of the ugly part of humanity that that showed. And so sometimes that's really rough to look at, you know, kind of we talk about going to the next, like coming back to normal or this new normal and like life's just never going to be the same. And it's not even because our economy is not going to be the same. And it's not just because workplaces are forever changed. It's because we now know something about other people that we interface with, whether online or in person that we probably didn't want to know in some ways. And in other ways, we've also found out like these intimate ways to connect with one another and grow closer. So there is a, there is an upside to it as well. And so the, that's kind of what weighs on me heavily because it's tough. It's tough to go, okay, we're going to like, woo, like blast (laughs) forward when you know that there's a large part of the population who's just like, I don't want to get the vaccine. I don't really care. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I don't really care about you. And like all that kind of stuff. It's hard. It's, it's really hard. But there are some really great things with, I mean, it's exciting to, to look at like technology and and like even user interface and user experience. We're talking about technology that jumped forward a decade within, you know, eight months. And so it's it's also this crazy time where there's some of the best content and some of the best like offerings are being created because of this like disruption is forcing people to innovate and innovate fast and innovate really well. And so I, that's the upside to it as well. And, and sitting in the middle of all of it helps me Um, having Tibbles helps me (laughs) talking to people like you help me. Um, So I think things are looking up and, uh, and I, I hope, you know, Maybe someday we can we can visit and the you know border will be open. That would Absolutely. be great. Absolutely. Maybe but someday day I... we'll we'll visit and then you can also visit Guy Kawasaki.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, we should do that, and we we should go we we should go surfing with him. He surfs a lot, you know. So we should I we should do take- that.
2: I'll take pictures of you two surfing <laughs> and I'll enjoy the beach.
1: <laughs> yeah, one day, one day, absolutely. I've made a list, I've made a list of people who I want to visit before I die. You know, I've made a list. I love that. It's, it's, it's a lot of people in the U.S. So my U.S. trip, whenever I, it it happens, it will be a long trip because I have to cover so many people there. So it's entire U.S. I Maybe I, I will, I will have to spend like 60 days there to meet so many people, you know so What's now it's up it's, to
2: is it, like uh, a, is it like a 50 or is it like 2000 like no 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 no, like
1: no no no, no no i'm not i'm not that friendly also i have 25, <laughs> 25 to 30 folks you know who are very 25. close to me and and i want to i want to meet them before i die so that's that's one another goal i have all that right thank fantastic. you so much thank you so much for taking time out today it was such a pleasure meeting you and uh, take care and uh, obviously See. we will be in touch
2: of course. Have a great day. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks. Thank
1: you. <laughs> All right. So that was that was Becky. You know, uh, she's one of the sweetest, sweetest people I know. You know, it's 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 very uh, it's it's like I don't like Facebook to be honest with you. You know, I don't like Facebook, but I go to Facebook because I I get to get updates from people I love. So I want to talk about something here. About the last point which he mentioned, the bad side of humanity. Today morning when we woke up, I woke up to the pictures of what is happening in Assam. Right? I don't know the political side of it, I don't care. But a person hurting another person is unacceptable. We are not here to hurt others. So I pray to God that the humanity becomes kinder and kinder day by day. And I intend to think about it or do something about it. So I want all of you to stay safe, take care, sanitize your hands, and I will meet you soon with another episode.
0: Thank you for listening to the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow the Thrifty Marketer Podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. See you next episode.